0: Chapter four, part three of War Surgery from Firing Line to Base This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. War Surgery From Firing Line to Base by Basil Hughes and H. Stanley Banks. Chapter four The Bacteria of Wounds Part three Diphtheroids. The group of diphtheroid bacilli found in wounds are mostly unnamed, and show considerable variation in their reactions, but morphologically show a resemblance to the true diphtheria or pseudodiphtheria bacilli. In some cases, very small bacillary forms, closely resembling streptococci, are met with. They grow readily on the ordinary media, but seldom profusely. The colonies on auger are in most forms slightly larger and flatter than those of streptococci, and show a tendency to umbilication their fermentative reactions vary but are seldom marked some do not produce acid at all in any of the commoner sugars and others ferment a variety of them with acid production only they do not form indole their chief action in wounds appears to be locally toxic and symbiotic in combination with other organisms the growth of each is stimulated very rarely do they enter the blood stream but a few cases have been observed in which this has occurred and the septicemia produced has been of a very severe kind. One such case, which is described elsewhere, showed every sign of an imminent fatal result, but was treated in time with an autogenous vaccine, the result being entirely successful. b. Pyocyanesis This organism has long been recognized as a tenant of superating wounds, whether of civil or military origin, and the appearance of the bluish-green pus which it produces is familiar to every surgeon. Its presence in wounds unless due to direct infection from another piocyanesis-containing wound, as frequently happens in a surgical ward if the greatest precautions be not taken, is one more example of the fecal origin of wound infections. B. piocyanesis is a common saprophyte in feces, manure, and feces-contaminated water, and thence it is very easily transferred to the skin and mucous membranes on which it may become parasitic this process should hardly occur anywhere more readily than in the trenches in which our frontline troops live morphology it is a short slender actively modal gram-negative bacillus from one to three microns it closely resembles microscopically a coliform organism but is easily differentiated by its characteristic growth on culture media cultural characteristics it grows readily upon all the ordinary media on agar a bright green growth develops along the line of inoculation and in 2 or 3 days this green pigment fluorescin diffuses out into the culture media giving it its characteristic fluorescent appearance if the culture be kept some days longer this green pigment is replaced by a second blue one pyocyanin and the medium changes from bright green to deep blue and later to dark blue and in some cases to a deep reddish brown color gelatin is liquefied and the growth on the medium is green RELATION TO WOUNDS In wounds, its action is not generally apparent until superation is well advanced, and then the characteristic bluish-green pus may appear. It is more usually associated with chronic suppurations and wounds in which sterilization is delayed, as, for example, by the presence of necrotic bone or a foreign body. Its action is typically a local pyogenic one, although invasion of the bloodstream and general infection have, in rare cases, been reported this organism has in the past been a great bugbear in connection with sepsis of all kinds when once it appeared in a discharging wound it proved most difficult to eradicate by the older methods and it tended to spread from case to case in a ward no such trouble is experienced with this organism under the carroll-dakin system of treatment efficiently carried out out of nearly two thousand wounds observed from almost the start to the finish at a base hospital and all except a few treated by the latter method Clinical evidence of infection by B. piocyanesis has been observed in little more than a score of cases. Out of a series of cultures made at all stages of the suppurative process from 200 of the above wounds, all of which were severe and septic, B. piocyanesis was grown not more than six times. Most surgeons will agree that an incidence rate of B. piocyanesis of 2 or 3% is something quite new in the history of grossly septic wounds if the absence of b pyocyanesis can be regarded as an index of rapid and efficient sterilization of wounds in any large series a point which will we think be generally conceded the evidence brought forward in connection with this series of cases is overwhelmingly in favour of the carroll-dakin method as compared with drainage tube salt pack and other older methods b influenzae this small bacillus is found usually only in connection with wounds of the respiratory tract and, in particular, in hemothorax fluids. It is not an organism of common occurrence in wounds. Morphology It is a very minute, 0.5 micron in length, non-modal, gram-negative, aerobic, pathogenic bacillus, and is one of the class of hemophilic bacteria, or one which requires a medium containing blood for its artificial cultivation. Cultural Characteristics it grows best upon glycerin blood auger or any of the protein-enriched media to which blood has been added. The colonies are minute, transparent, and colorless, like drops of dew. In culture media, its symbiotic action is well demonstrated by growing it in the same tube with other organisms when the growth becomes more copious. Relation to wounds In smears made from wound discharge containing the organism, the latter can be demonstrated by staining with weak carbol fusion for half an hour. The bacillus can also be obtained in culture by plate methods with the above-mentioned media. Its action in wounds is not well understood. It has probably a symbiotic action with the pyogenic organisms, by which it indirectly aids the superative process. In addition, it is well known to produce a powerful intracellular toxin, which acts, in particular, upon nervous tissue, and thus in wounds it is doubtless able to increase the general toxemia resulting from the wound infection. Subtilis mesentericus group. This group of bacilli is not usually credited with any pathogenic action, but some of the members are frequently found in certain types of wound, and the group calls for some attention here. In morphological and cultural characters, they bear some resemblance to B. anthracis, and they are usually included with the anthropoid group of organisms. They are purely saprophytic, and are commonly found on dead organic matter in soil, hay, etc., they are sporing bacilli and their spores are liable to be disseminated into the air thus they are very widespread and may be considered to be present in the air universally except where the most scrupulous precautions are taken to render a place dust-proof in laboratory work especially in improvised laboratories constant measures of protection have to be taken to prevent contamination of culture media by these and other organisms gaining entrance from the air morphology they are large, stout, spore-bearing bacilli, which usually retain gram stain. Their morphology presents some points of difference. They are seldom less than 5 microns in length and 1 micron in breadth, but they may be as long as 10 or 12 microns. The ends are usually slightly rounded, but may be square or quite pointed, as often happens in the sporing individuals. They spore readily, the spore being usually central or slightly eccentric, but never terminal. They are often in long chains, but may be single or paired. Filamentous forms are common. In young cultures, they are gram-positive, but as the culture ages, many of the individuals may lose the power of retaining gram-stain. The smaller forms may resemble morphologically the group of diptheroid bacilli. They are, however, usually stouter, and some at least of the individuals in a film are usually spore-bearing. The other group for which they may be mistaken are the anaerobic gas-producing bacilli, but there they can be differentiated by their peculiar and profuse aerobic growth, by their comparative absence of fermentative activity as tested by the sugar reactions, and by their failure to clot litmus milk. No mistakes are likely to be made if these points are borne in mind. Cultural Characteristics These organisms nearly all grow very readily and at room temperature on the ordinary media. On agar, profuse growths are obtained. Some of these, for example, B. mesentericus, resemble the colonies of B. anthraxis, large grayish-white, dull-wrinkled colonies, with irregular auriculate edges and tending to become confluent. Others form a moist, dirty-white, shiny layer on the surface of the medium. They are all aerobes and are able to grow also, to some slight extent, under anaerobic or partially anaerobic conditions. Pathogenicity. This is very slight or absent. When pure cultures are injected into animals, the only effect produced is a slight local reaction at the site of injection. The bacilli injected are rapidly phagocyted. Relation to wounds In wounds, these organisms appear to be present in a variety of conditions. In a large series of cultures from wounds, we have found them in the following types of wound. 1. Where there is gross, necrotic, or gangrenous tissue for example, in the wound in limbs amputated for massive and spreading gas gangrene. In these cases, they are, of course, always associated with B. perfringens and other anaerobic gas-producing bacilli. Their occurrence in these wounds is frequent. 2. Hemothorax cases. They may be frequently isolated from samples of infected hemothorax fluid, especially where the gas bacilli are also present. They are rarely present in such cases without accompanying anaerobes. 3. Ordinary septic wounds treated by gauze dressings and not by the Carroll-Dakin method. This was frequently observed in certain of our early cases, which were treated in a base hospital, before the Carroll-Dakin method of treatment could be instituted in every ward. These wounds included a variety of septic wounds, such as compound fractures, severe flesh wounds, amputation stumps, etc. They were all treated by usual dressings. Another series of cases in which these organisms were found by culture were septic wounds, which had been kept for some time at the casualty clearing station and treated by a variety of the older methods. On admission to the base hospital, before the Carol-Dakin procedure was commenced, it was not unusual to find this group of organisms in aerobic culture. From a consideration of these findings, it would appear that the subtlest mesentericus group of bacilli have a very restricted growth in wounds, especially where there is healthy living tissue, and where active and efficient antiseptic methods are carried out, as in the efficient application of the Carroll-Dakin method. On the other hand, the organisms appear to be able to establish themselves 1. where there is gross necrotic tissue and the presence of anaerobes, 2. in types of wounds which do not admit of active antiseptic treatment, such as wounds involving the pluri, and three, in wounds which have received the less efficient antiseptic applications associated with older methods. These findings would appear to suggest, among other points, a correlation between these organisms and the anaerobic gas bacilli as regards pathogenic action in wounds. This is in accordance with the available evidence derived from animal experiments. The point is more fully discussed in the chapter on gas gangrene, where it is pointed out that injection of a culture of B. mesentericus, along with B. perfringens, into an animal is much more likely to be followed by a gaseous edema than infection of the pure anaerobe. This seems to be due in part to the aerobe taking up the attention of the phagocytes and in part, perhaps, to oxygen absorption or some other factor which causes an increased growth of the anaerobe when the aerobe is in proximity. The latter is a fact which can be verified by growing anaerobe and aerobe side by side in the same tube of culture medium. The evidence, therefore, goes to show that symbiosis with other bacteria, and with the anaerobic gas bacilli in particular, is the keynote of the pathogenic action of this group in wounds. Further, this pathogenic action, if any, appears to be easily disturbed, and tends to be exerted only in the absence of a healthy resistance on the part of the tissues, or of those aids to the vital tissue resistance which are applied by efficient modern methods of surgical and antiseptic treatment. Anaerobic bacilli The anaerobic bacilli have been long known to exist in the wounds of civil life and in the wounds of war, but until this war began they were, except in a very small minority of cases, regarded as harmless saprophytes, incapable of producing any serious disturbance in the living body malignant edema was a condition which had been met with in a few scattered cases and it was very imperfectly understood while any pathogenic action of b aerogenes capsulatus in the healthy living tissue was a rarity which few had had the opportunity of observing the great surprise came in 1914 when the awful results of spreading gas gangrene were seen on a large scale for the first time surgeons then gradually became aware that the conditions under which anaerobic gas-producing bacilli live and multiply were being regularly reproduced for the first time in the history of wounds and that this new and terrible complication of wounds had to be investigated and mastered those various conditions found in wounds and wounded men which make the growth of the gas bacilli possible are described fully in the chapter on gas gangrene and need not be elaborated here it is sufficient to say that within the past three years or so, the anaerobic gas-producing bacilli have assumed a position of importance as pathogenic agents which is altogether new in their history. It is therefore highly important for the surgeon to understand the nature and reactions of these organisms. The identity and reactions of the various anaerobes found in wounds have not yet been fully worked out, and there is still a considerable degree of confusion on the subject. This is partly due to the erroneous and contradictory statements which were made in the pre-war literature on the anaerobes, a literature which was based on an experience infinitesimally small compared with that which has recently been gained. It was of course known that these organisms were of fecal origin, and the reactions of a considerable number of them had been investigated. But the whole question was academic, and no practical classification was then possible. It has long been recognized, however, that two principal anaerobes were concerned in the occasional gangrenous inflammations which were seen in civil life. These were B. aerogenes capsulatus, Welch and Nuttall, and B. edematis maligni, Koch. An important biological distinction between these two organisms had, moreover, been noted namely, that while the former was chiefly a carbohydrate fermenter and had little action on protein, the latter was, on the other hand, principally a protein digester and had a very restricted range of action on carbohydrates. Other anaerobes had been described as gangrene producing agents in a few scattered cases. The subject, however, was confused, and the mode of action and interrelation of the various organisms responsible for gangrene production was very imperfectly understood. With a much fuller knowledge of the reactions of the various anaerobes which have been isolated from wounds, it was possible for Henry and others in France to suggest a practical classification of these organisms. This classification divides them into two main groups one, the saccharolytic or sugar splitting group, and two, the proteolytic or protein splitting group. The saccharolytic group. The members of this group vigorously ferment carbohydrates with production of acid and gas, and they have only a relatively slight action on protein. B. perfingens. The chief member of the group is one which has been described under a variety of names, and which is now almost universally known by the general name of B. perfringens. It is the same organism as the B. aerogenus capsulatus of English textbooks, and has also been described under a variety of other names, namely B. welchii, B. perfringens of Valon and Zuber, and B. phlegmonis emphysematotosi of Frankel. Morphology the organism is well known as a large, stout, gram-positive, non-modal, capsulated bacillus. In most media it does not form spores, at least in young cultures, but in media containing a relatively small amount of carbohydrate, for example blood serum, it appears to find the conditions unfavorable and spores are formed. In films made directly from wounds, the organism has the morphology described, occurs singly and in pairs, and does not show spores in films made from cultures however the appearances vary according to the culture media employed and the age of the culture thus in films made from a forty-eight hours anaerobic culture on glucose auger some of the forms are short and broad almost square in outline but longer forms predominate the bacilli occur singly and in pairs or in very short chains of four and six bacilli they are capsulated and gram-positive but gram-negative and indifferent forms occur some of the latter giving the appearance of gram-positive granules on a gram-negative background. No spores are formed on this medium. Cultural Characteristics The organism is purely anaerobic. It grows readily upon the ordinary media with the evolution of gas, and especially so when the medium is enriched by the addition of 0.5% of a sugar, such as glucose. If a shake culture in glucose agar be made and incubated anaerobically, the gas production is often so violent as to expel the cotton wool plug and part of the medium from the tube. The colonies on agar or glucose agar, after some days, grow to a large size, 1 to 3 millimeters. They are convex, glistening, moist, semi-translucent, gelatinous-looking, and viscid. Some of them show a central bubble of gas. The margins become flattened and slightly wavy, showing a sort of ringed appearance. When they are picked off from the surface of the medium, they are observed to be adhesive and viscid, owing to the thickness of the capsule with which the individual bacilli are surrounded. Litmus milk. In this medium, a characteristic phenomenon is produced, which is so useful in determining the presence of B. perfringens in wounds that it may be called the perfringens reaction. It is very similar to the well-known reaction which used to be associated with B. enteroditis, sporogenes, Klein an organism which is possibly a mixed culture, for the reaction is given by B. perfringens in pure culture, and no spores are formed by the latter organism in this medium. Further, B. perfringens can be recovered in pure culture by appropriate methods of subculture from the milk medium. An attempt has been made to represent the reaction in color. When material containing B. perfringens is inoculated into a freshly sterilized litmus milk tube, and sterile paraffin wax or vaseline run on the top of the medium, the characteristic reaction is produced after from 12 to 24 hours incubation. Fermentation of the milk sugar takes place with the production of a large amount of acid and gas. The milk becomes coagulated, and the clot is torn and contorted by the pressure of the gas. The paraffin wax is forced up the tube until it partially ejects the cotton wool plug. This honeycombed clot, at first decolorized, becomes tinged pink as air gains access to it after a day or two it separates from the clear translucent acid fluid or whey An odour of butyric acid is produced the casein clot does not become digested unless one of the proteolytic group of organisms be also present no spores are produced in this milk culture and the culture dies out in some days owing to the excessive acidity Films made from such a culture show the typical large capsulated single or paired bacilli in great abundance, and they are gram positive. A reaction of this vigor and with these characteristics may be taken as absolutely diagnostic of B. perfringens, as no other known organism reproduces it. Henry. If we consider B. perfringens as a group of closely allied organisms, all of which produce the above described reaction, the reaction becomes definitive of the group. From the milk culture, it cannot be isolated directly in pure culture, owing to the excessive acidity. If one or two subcultures be made, however, in an alkaline meat-glucose broth medium, a growth of the organism can be readily obtained by plating out from the subculture onto glucose agar. From such a plate, the typical gelatinous-looking colonies can be picked off and transferred to another medium until an absolutely pure culture is obtained. Meat Medium this is a very suitable culture medium for such a strongly fermentative organism as bee perfringens. A good plan is to place the meat in an alkaline broth with 0.5% glucose added. In such a medium, gas is formed vigorously, and the acid which is also produced turns the meat red, owing to hemolysis of the contained hemoglobin. Spores are produced after several days' incubation. Four types of B. perfringens were differentiated by Simmons, and later confirmed by Henry. These differ in their reactions to glycerin and inulin. Pathogenicity B. perfringens is a saprophyte in nature, and it becomes pathogenic only under a very strictly limited set of conditions. When a pure culture is injected into animals, no effect is usually produced, and the bacilli are rapidly phagocyted unless the tissue at the site of injection be first damaged by some irritant. This can be done either by mechanical means or, or by the injection of a culture of an aerobe along with the anaerobe. Even such a harmless aerobe as B. prodigiosis may be sufficient for that purpose, and in this case presumably the action of the aerobe is that of diverting the attention of the phagocytes to itself, and so allowing the anaerobe to establish itself. In a relatively small number of such cases, gaseous edema is thus produced, either localized to the site of injection, or spreading throughout the body of the animal. Again, in artificial culture, B. perfringens has no power of growing in normal serum, but if the serum be trypsinized, it will grow vigorously. Similarly, it has the power of growing vigorously on serum removed from the body after death. This serves to explain why the organism so frequently invades the bloodstream after death, with production of gas throughout the organs. It appears also to be possible for B. perfringens to invade the bloodstream during life, under certain conditions of diminution in bodily resistance. The relatively numerous recorded cases of metastatic gas gangrene are cases in point. Further, one remarkable case which we have observed seems to demonstrate that the presence of other organisms in the bloodstream may on rare occasions produce such a devitalization of the blood that it becomes possible for B. perfringens to enter the bloodstream. In this particular case, the active septicemia agent was Streptococcus pyogenes, and all the symptoms were those of a lasting streptococcal septicemia the remarkable fact was that b perfringens was present in the blood in association with the streptococcus for several weeks before death and without producing any characteristic symptoms it was isolated by blood culture on two occasions during life and at two weeks interval and was also isolated after death in this case the antitryptic power of the serum seems to have been so lowered by the presence of the streptococcus in the bloodstream that it became possible for the anaerobe to invade the circulation, where, however, it remained in a latent or non-active form. Enough has been said here to indicate how feeble are the pathogenic powers of this bacillus in active living tissue. Exactly the same can be said of all the other gangrene-producing anaerobes. The reactions of other organisms of the saccharolytic group of anaerobes are also shown in the accompanying table. It is seen that they ferment carbohydrates vigorously, but in varying degree. Their proteolytic action is relatively feeble, and varies in type and degree also. Some types of B. perfringens produce small quantities of amino acids from peptone, while B. aerofetidus, on the other hand, is able to break down proteins as far as the aromatic stage, and there is consequently a disagreeable odor in cultures. Table showing fermentation reactions of saccharolytic group of anaerobes. Henry, British Medical Journal, June sixteenth, 1917. B. Welchii, type 1, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, and lactose. Negative for manite, glycerin, inulin, salicin, and amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. Welchii, type 2, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, lactose, negative for manite, glycerin, positive for inulin, negative for salicin and amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. Welchii, type 3, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, and lactose, negative for manite, positive for glycerin, negative for inulin, salicin, and amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. Welchii, type 4, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, and lactose, negative for manite, positive for glycerin and inulin, negative for salicin and amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. Tertius, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, lactose, and mannite, negative for glycerin, inulin, positive for salicin, amygdalin, and glycogen. B. Phallax, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, saccharose, negative for lactose, mannite, glycerin, positive for inulin, salicin, negative for amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. Aerofididis, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose negative for saccharose, positive for lactose, negative for mannite, glycerin, inulin, positive for salicin, negative for amygdalin, positive for glycogen. B. edematians, positive for dextrose, levulose, maltose, negative for saccharose, lactose, mannite, glycerin, inulin, salicin, amygdalin, and glycerin. These various anaerobes are of much less frequent occurrence in wounds than is B. perfringens, and their chief activity appears to be displayed as powerful but subsidiary fermentative agents. They supplement the action of B. perfringens in fermenting the glycogen of dead or devitalized muscle and in initiating the process of gas gangrene formation with the production of a gaseous edema. The pathology of gas gangrene and the action of anaerobes in wounds is discussed in some detail in another chapter. Two the proteolytic group these organisms digest protein vigorously and have but feeble action on carbohydrates. B. sporogenes. The type of organism and chief member of the group is B. sporogenes of Metchnikoff. This is now believed to be the same organism as B. edematis maligni of Koch, and the former name is today most generally adopted. Morphology B. sporogenes is a fairly large bacillus, two to ten microns. Rather more slender than B. perfringens, motile, gram negative, and contains a central oval spore of larger diameter than that of the bacillus and giving a barrel shape to the organism as a whole. Cultural characteristics It is a strict anaerobe. It grows readily on ordinary media with a limited amount of gas formation and a foul odor. Litmus milk is clotted and casein digested. Carbohydrate reactions. Acid and gas are produced in glucose, maltose, and levulose only. Its fermentative powers are slight. Protein reactions. Its most vigorous action is seen in media rich in protein. In a meat medium, it blackens the meat by putrefaction after several days. On dorset's egg medium, perhaps its most characteristic reaction is produced, as pointed out by Dean and Moat. It produces complete digestion, liquefaction, and blackening of this medium within three or four days. An offensive odor is produced, somewhat suggestive, of gorgonzola cheese. The digestion of protein is carried by this organism right to the ammonia stage. Most of the other organisms of the proteolytic group have a similar but less vigorous action on protein. B. histolyticus of Weinberg, however, does not carry the putrefactive process beyond the amino acid stage. Thus, in wounds, just as in the fecal contents of the colon, a considerable variety of fermentative and putrefactive organisms are provided by which dead and devitalized tissue or organic matter can be thoroughly and completely decomposed. The conditions under which this decomposition in wounds is brought about are dealt with elsewhere. Incidence of anaerobes in wounds The most common anaerobe found in wounds is B. perfringens, and the next B. sporogenes. They are very frequently found to be present together. These organisms are found not only in gangrenous wounds, but also in a very large proportion of non-gangrenous wounds, where, presumably, they have been unable to exert their characteristic action. Thus, Henry, in France, found in 100 open septic wounds of all grades of severity, that B. perfringens was present in two-thirds of the cases, and B. sporogenes in half of them. In the vast majority of these wounds, the anaerobic infection was mixed, the commonest combination being that of B. perfringens and B. sporogenes. The authors obtained substantially similar results in a series of nearly one hundred severe wounds investigated for anaerobes in Solanica. About seventy five per cent were found to contain B. perfringens and twenty five per cent B. sporogenes. Of these wounds, clinical evidence of gas gangrene was obtained in only thirty five per cent. It is evident, therefore, that gangrene-producing anaerobes are present at some stage in the vast majority of severe wounds. Fortunately, only in a relatively small proportion of them are they able to establish themselves and produce gas gangrene. b. Tetani of Nicolaire. This most important organism belongs to the proteolytic group of anaerobes. It is found in wounds in a considerable proportion of cases in association with other anaerobes. It is not, however, a gas gangrene producer, and its specialized function in causing tetanus is well known. The consideration of the whole of this important subject is relegated to another chapter. End of chapter 4, part 3